Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. So today I want to speak about the unlikely hero, chosen by God, rejected by man. His name is David. So we're going to go into an opening verse here. We'll talk a little bit about David because David uh, was reckless. <laughs> if we look at his whole story, David was reckless, but he was an un- unlikely hero because he did not meet any standards according to that time for the position that God has called them. And that's the great thing that God will choose you and call you to do something that you can't do it within yourself, but you can do it with him. <laughs> you need all of him to complete what he wants you to do because you got to align your will with God's will. A lot of times we we have we want to do these things but we never search in intimacy to find out what God wants. And once we align ourselves with what God wants and that's only in intimacy. Everybody say intimacy. Woo, that's tight. That's that's the intimacy is where things are birthed. Woo. And, and so let's let's go into Samuel. Let's go into Samuel. Uh first uh first Samuel 16 6 7 and says so it happened when they had come he looked at Eliab the eldest son and thought surely the Lord's anointed is before him but the Lord said to Samuel now watch this Samuel is a prophet Samuel is someone who hears from God Samuel is connected with God Samuel when Samuel walked into a place people feared because God is about to say something this is Samuel and he went and looked on the external to see if what he was looking at fit the picture or the standards of what a king should look like. So God had to stop him for a minute, had to tell Samuel, slow down. Because you're looking for standards on the outside when the standards that I'm looking for are in the... Woo! He was looking for someone that was intimate. And so he goes on, and the Lord tells to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of the stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And see, David did not look like a king. David did not act like a king. David did not dress like a king. David did not have the upbringings of a king, but David had the heart of a king. Had a heart after God, had a heart after the, the, what's passionate about God. And so today's subtitle is called, I Meet, I Meet the Standards. I Meet the Standards. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're giving me this opportunity to be used as a vessel today to speak to your people. Lord, today, let the hunger for your presence be at the utmost, that they leave this place so burning to be in your presence that they want to be transformed in that presence. And in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen and amen. We have standards. We meet standards. Everything has standards. If you're dating, (laughs) you have standards. 
there are some standards that we have that we have to meet, right? And the thing is that when we have standards, what is it we're looking for? We're looking for it in the outside, right? So when I was dating, I, I had standards, you know, uh, the woman had to look good, uh, the woman had to look good, and the woman had to look good. I was really simple. That was my standards. <laughs> But then my wife looks at me at this. And for some reason, at that time, I didn't meet any of her standards. I wasn't working. I was broke. <laughs> I was hanging out with guys all the time. Like all the things a woman's not looking for. But today I could say that my wife saw something in me that nobody else did. When she looked at me, she saw my heart. She says, in him, everybody else sees this, but I see in him a king, as someone who's going to rise up. Because to this day, 25 years later, I still say, I don't know how you stuck with me. I said, you're a warrior. You saw in me what nobody else saw. She stuck by me because she saw something on the inside. But on the outside, I didn't meet the standards. And a lot of us, you know, when it comes to the things of this world, there are standards in this world. A lot of times we don't meet those standards. But see, the standards of this world is success, right? So success is something external. Success is really selfish. Significance is eternal. It's internal, right? And so the world standards will give you success, but God's standards will give you significance. You see, success is selfish while significance is selfless. Because a lot of times when we're going for success, we're going for something because we want to we wanna do something so people can see. But when you live a life surrendered to God, it's a significant life because it's about others rather than yourself. See, David knew this even as a shepherd because he had sheep and he had, he, and in the solitude, he, re, he, he got to this place of understanding and having an intimacy with God. See, he was left out. He was the outsider. He didn't fit the picture in any way or form. Matter of fact, he was with the sheep at that time. That was a job that, you, that nobody wanted. It was a smelly job. Matter of fact, when he came to eat, everybody had to finish eating. Then he'll come in because he smelled like sheep. They didn't, he was the outside. But see, God is never looking at the things that, that man is looking at. God is looking for the heart. Because while he was in that intimacy, in that time apart, in, in this solitude, he was in relationship with God. He had an intimacy with God. He was dialoguing with God. There was something special about this intimacy that, that David had that he went to be one of the greatest kings ever lived. And so, what, what I like about this is that he didn't meet the standards. And a lot of times we think that to meet the standards, even a standard for a pastor should be, uh, you have this and you have this, you have a bunch of lists. I don't have any of that. All I have is intimacy with God. All I, all I have is I could show you how to get closer to God. I don't have no degrees to call, be called pastor in any way, in any form. Matter of fact, some don't even consider me a pastor because I don't have these dialogues. Or I'm not part of this big concilio. But see, the thing is that God is not looking for any degrees on my wall. He's looking for my heart. That's all I got. Anthony, that's all we got. It's our heart. It's our heart surrendered to God. Say, I don't have the qualifications. Without you, I can't do this. So I need you. And no, no better way to, to understand this from, from verse Corinthians when Paul talks to the Corinthians. And he puts them in this, in this simple way because do we meet the standards for God to use us? What are the standards he's looking for? He's looking for someone available. Look what it says here. How he talks to the Corinthians. He says, brothers, 
let me chat with you because God is just looking for someone who is willing, not, not the standards of this world, but someone that's looking for the standards of God. He says, yeah, brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards. No, were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elites when you answered God's call. But God chose those whom the world considered foolish. Do I have some foolish people here? Because that is, that is so me. That is so me. I mean, think about this. Let's, let's, let's talk about foolish. I was doing witchcraft for 10 years. I was on the other side serving somebody else. And God said, hey, no, I got a job for you. Talk about foolish. It doesn't make any sense. I had no, I had no qualifications to be even called by God. I was so disqualified. I was bending my knees to some saints in, in Dominican Republic. And so this is, this, is, this is core to me because I understand David. I, David didn't have anything. All he had was his relationship with God. All I know is that, God, if you can get me out of this hole, I will serve you the rest of my life. And I went into a ray of running to God, an intimacy with God. He says, hey, but God called those who the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chooses the puny. He chooses the puny and the powerless. Come on. I meet the standards. I meet the standards. Here it is. Here's God's standards. You got to be puny, powerless. With no accolades, no degrees, no nothing, you qualify. Woo! I meet the standards. Tell your neighbor, I meet the standards. He chooses the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, the nobodies. Wow, what kind of standard is that? So what I love about this is that he, he chooses the ones that are rejected by everyone. David was rejected, but he was accepted by the beloved. And sometimes God will put us in a position where we are rejected by even our own circle because God wants to accept us into a different level. Sometimes we're questioning why doors are closing. I always say if doors close and by the building. But <laughs> when doors close, perhaps, perhaps, I'm just saying I'm, 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 maybe it's just God wants your attention. Maybe the intimacy to get you to another level is there in the quiet, in the rejected. Nobody wants me. Nobody needs me. But there's somebody who wants you. You meet the standards for a loving God to stop for a second and speak to you. You know what the Bible says about it? It says, how numerous are my thoughts towards you, says God. Woo! For, to think about me. How numerous is his thoughts towards me, the lowly, the but that is God, and that's what meets the, I meet the standards because I have no, in this world, the standards of being who, who I want to be, I'm not met. So he says, so that he will shame the somebodies. God wants to use you to shame the somebodies because once you understand that all you need is him, then he is going to work through you. For he chooses what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. Wow, that whole list was talking about me. 
that I qualify for these things. And I want you to understand that success is, is, is selfish because it has to do with you. And what I love about this is that I was in a place where I was successful, but I was empty. I had all the accolades, all the standards that people say, oh, he's got it all together. Look at him. He's got all this and all that. But I had no significance. It was not, it was not for someone else. I was going up a mountain by myself. Only to find myself in this place of success and saying there's something missing. And what was missing was the mere essence of a relationship with God. I said, I know what's missing. It's like eating chicken without adobo. It just don't taste right. Come on, somebody. There's <laughs> something missing, right? If, if there's something missing, I don't know if you're, that's, you're in that place that's something missing. Maybe that something missing is that intimacy with God. Because once I found this intimacy with God, I, I left, listen to me, I left everything at $1.1 million house. I left it, my jobs, I closed all my dealers down, I left it. All I wanted to do was be in his presence. Because in that presence, I found myself fulfilled. Because now it's not so much about me, it's about others. I'm connecting in my intimacy, it's birthing something, right? It's the passion that's rising up in me like, this is what God's called me for. And I meet the standards. Because you got to understand, for God to use you, we just went through what the standards are. There are none. Just someone who's available. Woo. That's it. That's it. You, I don't know if you're there, but I was at a place where I, either God took me out of the place that I was in or I was done. I was done because I was in a really dark place. But I met the standards of the world according to success. But was I successful? I was full on the outside, but empty and broken on the inside. Because I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't think I was worth it. I didn't think I met the standards. Because in your own mind, your conscience brings you down the guilt and the condemnation of everything you're doing. You think you don't meet the standards, but that, that's opposite of the truth. It's opposite of the truth. Look at David. David, he did a ton of stuff. But one thing that David knew how to do was dance before the Lord naked. He you know what that is? He, he was naked dancing and, and, and his wife was like, yo, what's wrong with this guy? This guy's, but he didn't care about the accolades of kingship. He cared more about the intimacy with God. He didn't, even at the point that he's a king, listen to me, he was a king. And he wanted to go into worship and he took his clothes off and he was just dancing in the street and worshiping God. <laughs> yo, I was, he didn't care. You think that he cared what people were thinking about him? He didn't care because he was so lost in the presence of God that he was just worshiping God. He's lo he was lost. It wasn't about all the things. Uh, understand this. Everything here is going to be gone. All we have left is God. One day, listen, all of us are going to hit that day where we'll be what face to face before God. That's what we have. That's eternal. This is temporary. Don't Listen, don't get caught up in the things of this world and the hustle and bustle and the worry and, because worry will always pull you away from God. Because all you're saying when you're worrying is that you're not trusting God. You're not trusting God. You know why you're not trusting God? Because there's no intimacy. The intimacy within God, everything could be falling apart. When you have intimacy with God and you're seeking God and there's a relationship, a deepened relationship, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It doesn't matter. Oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. It doesn't matter. But the challenge of this life now that we're facing, the, the challenge is this, finding that time. 
finding that time, right? Because we can get up in the morning, blah, 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 blah. next thing you know, you're going to sleep and getting up and doing it again. We need to slow down. Slow down. Because God wants to do something in us, and we're too ahead of him, right? Moses says, I don't move unless he moves. <laughs> We could be so ahead of what we want to do and, and the accolades of this life that we forget. I'd rather just sit and stand, what is it, stand still before the Lord. Or stand still and know that I am God. Right, because watch this. The thing is that whatever God's called you to do, you're not going to do it on your own. You're going to do, he's going to do it through you. I'm going to say that again. You're not doing it alone. It's not even you. It's him in you. Whoo. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Look, 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 look what Paul tells the, uh, in Philippians 2.13. Look what it says. For it is God who works what? In you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose. <laughs> Woo. It is God in me. Willing and moving and acting to fulfill what he's called me to do. And then he rewards me when I get to heaven. Just because I got out the way. Tell your neighbor, just get out the way. Just get out the way. You want to see what God wants to do? Get out the way. Not by strength or my might. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Not by strength or might. Get out the way. Move out. I just recently, I told my wife, wife, <laughs> um, I, want, I want to get you retired. She was like, how are we going to do that? I said, well, I know real estate, <laughs> and so I can show you we can do this. I said, I, you don't have to do anything. Just follow my instructions, and you'll be successful. She said, what do you mean? I, I, just, I just want you, I'll tell you, go open a corporation. You open the corporation. Then you come back. And after you do that, then you do this, and you do that, and you're going to do that. So I'm going to work through you to get you there, and then I'm going to get out of the way, but you're the one that made it up there, but it was through... You got to understand that's what God is doing with us. He wants to be successful. He is successful. He's saying, I'm going to do it through you, and then I'm going to bless you because you allowed me to do it. Just follow my instructions. Just follow. He says, the foots, the, the, uh. now, now that right there, what he just said, <laughs> it says, are ordered by God. Have you ever been to, to a Burger King and you, you place an order? You got to hear. <laughs> the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God. In order for you to move those steps, you got to hear. What's the order? What is God saying? What do I move? What do I do? Do I move? Do I not move? What do I do? Right? That doesn't come in the, in the normal. I love prophets and I high five them. But you are the first prophet in your life that God should be speaking to. Woo! I need you to open up the ears to hear from what God is saying. You don't need a prophet to lay a hand and thus says the Lord. You are the prophet. If someone is going to tell you something, thus says the Lord, is because God already told you. He's just, he's just confirming. But watch this, watch this, watch this. It doesn't come without intimacy. It doesn't come without intimacy. What was the intimacy that, that, that David had when he faced Goliath? And he was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, mind you, we just, 
and the Bible says that he was short. He, his appearance wasn't there. He was, as a matter of fact, Saul tried to give him his garments, and his garment didn't fit because they were too big because he, he didn't meet the standards of this world. But the, the standards that he had were some rocks in his hand, and he knew that God was with him. All he needed to do was launch one, one rock, and that's what happened. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against my people? Look at the heart of David. The heart of David was for the people. He said, who is this? coming against our people he took that heart of God because he know that was God's people and in intimacy you're going to get that in intimacy you're going to see that passion for people we see it with David he launched ah, he cut his head with his sword it's kind of gruesome but he, he, he brought him down David this is a little puny David saw this big with all the garments and all the things and he went out there with God. This guy went with all his, he, he didn't even go out. Saul didn't even go out. Yet Saul had the standards according to this world. He didn't have the standards of this world, but he had the standard of God. He's like, what? And that passion arise from him. And he went out there and he did his thing and, and he, he devoured. And then that's how David started getting recognized. He got started recognized because God was doing extraordinary things to ordinary people. And God is always doing extraordinary things, extraordinary things through ordinary people. Why? You can't get the accolades of what you're about to do. You can't get the accolades. All you have to do is get out the way and watch what God's going to do through you. Woo. Available. And so, God is looking. God is looking. God is always looking. God has a plan. It says that the Holy Spirit will tell you of things yet to come. You know what? There, that comes in intimacy. That comes in a secret place. I don't know if you know, but every year I go and do a fast. You, you, the last, I did a 40-day fast. I did a 30-day fast. 21. I normally do 21-day fast. And you know what I do? I leave everything behind for that time. You know what I want to do? I want to hear from God. Because in the beginning of the year... I want to align myself with the, with the orders that God has given me so that I can see his glory here on earth for his people. I do it for the people. Why? Because I went from successful to significant. And when you are significant, it's not about you, it's about others. And, and most people say, you crazy. <laughs> you crazy. Well, you go away... You're crazy, but that's the love I have for God. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I don't fight them with strength of might. I, I fight them with the, the, the revelation and the understanding of who God is. Why? I have a passion for people. I have a, we have matrix. Matrix is a place where we teach you how to break the bondages that the devil has on you. Why? I have a passion for people. I don't have to do that. I could just stay quiet and don't say nothing, none. But because my life became significant, watch this. It's about people. And I'm telling you, it's the best decision that I ever made to lay down my life for others that I don't even know. Because it is priceless what God could do through me, and I see it in people's lives. And that's all we take with us. I have a real estate company. I have properties. And, and that's great, and that's cute. I was talking about life is like Monopoly. You ever play Monopoly, and you get all that money, and you're winning, and then the game is over. You got to give it back. <laughs> I hate it. I'm really good at Monopoly. But watch this. Life is like that. Life is like Monopoly. Because when the board closes up, you can't take nothing with you. Watch this. The only thing you take with you is what you've done for others. 
That's it. What you've done and what you've done to help others is all you take to heaven. He says, don't lay up treasures here on earth where moth and rust could destroy, but lay them up in where? In heaven. How does that look like? Is when you turn from successful to significant. Watch this. Second, tip, Second Timothy 1.9. It says, for he delivered us, watch this, and saved us and called us with a holy calling. You don't just have a calling, you have a holy calling. A calling that leads to a consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose. Not because of our works or because of any personal merit. We could do nothing to earn this. But because of his own purpose and grace, his amazing undeserved favor, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, eternal ages ago. So he's called us with purpose. And I want to just give you one standard that's going to birth everything else. Are you guys ready for this? Intimacy. It's the first thing, the only thing, because if you know if you're married, when you get intimate, right, that's where the kids come. <laughs> so it's only in intimacy with God that you will birth your purpose. Nowhere else would you find it. You could do 30-day fast, 40-day fast, 50 days. It's not about anything that you can do. It's only found in intimacy. And intimacy is something you have to be intentional about. Spending some time with God, it's got to be intentional. And even if you don't hear nothing, I'm going to spend some time with God. When I first started going deeper with God in my beginning years, I would spend half hour and not hear nothing. All I heard was my bills and, and I heard everything else except God. So I would go to the pastor and say, Pastor, I didn't hear anything, man. I want to hear from God. He's like, hey, did you combine that with fasting? I was like, what is that one? You didn't throw me that one. What is the fasting thing? Because I'm, I'm just talking about what it takes to go deeper with God. And so intimacy with God, I added fasting. Fasting is, is not eating for a certain amount of time. Why? That, that, that is a sign of desperate. I don't know about you, but I'm desperate for God. I'm about 25 years in, 27 years in, and I'm still hungry for God. I still do these things. It never stops. Just recently I heard Stephen Furtick because sometimes when you're in this and you're doing so many things and I'm involved in a lot of things, sometimes we forget the little secrets that got us there. And then what happens is you start feeling tired. Why? Because now you're doing it on your strength and not on God's. And then you start getting all these thoughts that you never had before. Oh, quit. What's the purpose? You go through all these things and Stephen Furtick just blew my brain on one sentence. He says, don't quit. Shift. Perhaps you're just doing the same thing over and over and lost that place of Intimacy. You got so involved with ministry and everything that you, God's given you that you forgot that intimacy. And I was just wrecked in my house. I was like, whoa, I got to go back to my basics. So I'm preaching this from a position of this works and this intimacy with God is real, but we have to be intentional. We can't be going after all the things and forget about the one who gave it to us. Because the intimacy will birth the, the next thing, which is passion. 
Intimacy will, will birth passion. Passion is pursuing his heart's desires. When you're passionate for God, I remember one time I was fasting and going after God. I was like, God, show me your heart. My third or fourth year walking with God. Show me your heart. I want to see your heart, right? So I'm praying and fasting. And all of a sudden, I went into a trance kind of. And when I saw it, it was like this, this big thing. And I saw it coming towards me. And I just saw a bunch of heads. And then when I went in, it was just people. I was like, what is this? He said, you said, show me my heart. And it was people. To this day, that right there wrecked me because I found the passion of God is people. And when I surrender my life and I go from successful to significant, I become a tool in God's hand to go after his heart. You want to go after God's heart? Go after people. Woo. That is the greatest thing you can ever, you want to talk about success in heaven? That is the success in heaven. Turning your life to from successful to significant, helping others. I'm telling you, it, it might sound like, oh, that, that's it? That's that simple? Yeah, because you got to understand you got to die to self to serve others. You got to die to your own desires. And you will think, but how does that make no sense? But well, I, he's going to fulfill the desires of my heart. Yeah, but you have to get out the way. Here's the third thing. You got to bring the worship team. Or you're going to run in. You're the worship team. <laughs> the passage is then the next thing that's going to be birthed is purpose. Is the why to everything. It's the biggest question in anybody who's even a millionaire is purpose. What's the, what's the big win? That is only birthed in intimacy. Because the intimacy is going to give you passion and purpose. And this is the next thing that's going to be birthed in this, in this time, this zone. This time with seeking God with everything you have. Because sometimes that's all we have is his presence. It's destiny. You are destined for something. And you're not going to find that destiny until you're in the intimacy of God and passion arises and purpose arises and then you will see destiny. And this is a process that doesn't happen overnight. But I'm telling you that when you start seeking God with all you got because you want to know him better, that's when God's going to use you mightily. Going from successful to significant. I want everybody to stand. Jesus. Success is selfish. Significance is selfless. I'm going to say that again. Success is selfish. Your own wins is, is about you. But significance is selfless. It's about others. You know, with this turmoil of this last year, I think everybody uh, took a, a tailspin on this whole thing as pastors. We, we kind of lost that community. Community is so important. Let me tell you, community is so important. Sometimes you just need someone to be there for you. And this is what, this is, this is the heart of God. I, I, I get upset when people come against the church in, in a sense where, you know, it's probably a person and they slap 10 people to get to one. The church in itself, community, that's what Jesus says. I pray that they become one like we're one. How's that going to happen if we're not getting together in one mind and one language to do what he's called us to do? We could do way more you want to do. You want to get somewhere faster, go do it alone. If you want to do something greater, do it with someone else. 
And so, everybody could just bow their heads. I'm going to do a prayer. I guess you guys, we have a worship. Kind of going from successful to significant. Father God, we thank you that you're calling us to go deeper. And at this time, this something's stirring up inside of us for us to go deeper with you. We come against every distraction. We cast them down, Lord. Let our eyes be fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that from this moment on today, something stirs up inside of me to go deeper. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. Father, I thank you for what you're about to do in their lives. I thank you for what you're about to do in their family's life. And as they go deeper, Lord, reveal to them your call in their lives. And this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.